John, our guest this week is somebody we really like dealing with uh, with the New York Yankees. It's their catcher, Jose Trevino. Yeah, I'm so glad that we got Jose on. He's a terrific individual, great in that clubhouse. And look, he he's really the glue for that team. Uh, the pitching has been generally pretty good, even though it's been a disappointing start overall. That's mostly on the offense. And it's great to have a chance to talk to Jose. Just just a great guy all around. And a great defensive catcher. On the subject of catchers who might not be catching great anymore is Wilson Contreras and what's going on with the mess that is the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Trevino's Yankees. We'll talk about the Mets. Uh, and that's if you stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. John, we have a full panic going on by a team. And amazingly, it's not one of the New York teams. It's it's the place where, John, you know this town well. I believe your dad lived there for a, for a long time, right? It, it's the town where everything's everyone's so happy about baseball. It's St. Louis. The Cardinals have the worst record in the National League. Uh, they put their best prospect, Jordan Walker, on the team. They took their best prospect, Jordan Walker, off the team. Ali Marmol's fighting with Tyler O'Neill. But the big news of the week... Wilson Contreras, their five-year, $87.5 million free agent sign, he ain't the catcher anymore, John. Uh, And they didn't even have a plan. Uh, Half of them were talking about uh, he's going to play some outfield. Then the president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, said no. John, it seems like a mess in St. Louis. Yeah, it's a stunning start. I mean, I had that team winning the division, as I think most people did. I'm still not giving up on that in that division where really no one is – taking hold at this point, but uh, it's bad. I mean, they are not together. Uh, Clearly, I'm not hearing great things out of that clubhouse. Uh, You know, to me, what Marmol said was not that terrible, but in this day and age, you really, unless you're, you know, a veteran manager, and he's, I think, the youngest manager in baseball, you probably can't uh, criticize one of your players publicly. It certainly did turned out very badly, but this Contreras thing is just a disaster. I mean, to read in the athletic that they were gung ho about signing him after a three and a half hour meeting in Orlando, it made no sense to me. Uh, either you like him as a catcher or you don't, he's in your division. He's with your biggest rival, the Cubs. He's been there for more than a half a decade they should have known at this point whether he was the type of catcher who's going to be able to replace Yadier Molina. To go into the season thinking that he is, and then six weeks later, or less than that, decide, oh, he's not, 
Uh, it looks like a mess. I'm not giving up on this team winning the division because obviously they've got Goldschmidt, they've got Arenado, they have a lot of good players, but it's a mess right now. You know, John, it is interesting if you go to any of the sites like, uh, you know, Baseball Reference or Fangrass or uh, Baseball Prospectus that does the odds to win the division, they still give the Cardinals a decent shot because location, location, location matters, right? If they were in the AL East, for example, they're done. It's over. They're not going to hopscotch all of those teams. Uh, they're in the NL Central where the Pirates are kind of a weak first place team. We wonder about the Brewers, sustainability of the Cubs. They, they could get back. Having said that, I think you hit on the key point here, which is you had Yadia Molina for 20 years and Wilson Contreras in a three-hour meeting and somehow decided to throw out the strategy philosophy of how you've won for two decades. This is an incredibly successful team for two decades. To me, this was easy. You know, you sign Austin Hedges or Mike Zunino. You make sure your catching stays really strong and you spend the rest on pitching or, or someplace else. The word was out on Contreras. Like, besides the 19 games you played in the division against them every year, the word two trade deadlines went by where nobody traded for him to be the catcher. Dusty Baker turned down the trade, right? He could have gotten traded to the Astros. He didn't want him to catch. He knew somebody like Justin Verlander was never going to throw over Martin Maldonado. He wanted a pitch to him. So the word was out. Like, on this, I, I, it feels like such a bonehead decision by an organization that does generally seem to have its act together for a long time. Yeah, I mean, how could they have forgotten how important game calling is and all the defensive metrics? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, we knew that Wilson Contreras is a very good hitter, but they went out and spent almost $90 million for a guy who's now the DH. And as a DH, he's just good. He's not that great. He really doesn't fit the team anymore. They can say that he's going to be a catcher later on. I don't know. What are they going to do? I mean, they obviously decided they don't like him as the catcher. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure that he's ever going to get back there. Uh, and they look indecisive uh, to, to say that he's an outfielder for one day and then not, I think, Maybe they said that and they hadn't talked to him yet. And, you know, obviously it's not that easy to play the outfield just out of nowhere. So I'm not sure what happened there, but it's not – this is not the Cardinal way. You know, there's a sliding door moment in this offseason, John, that I think is going to be something that gives and gives. There, the, the A's circled five teams that they would trade Sean Murphy to that they thought had kind of a prospect base – I think it was the the Red Sox, the Giants, uh, Cleveland, St. Louis, and Atlanta were the, the ones. And there was a weekend, I believe, where I think everyone thought he was going to Cleveland, St. Louis. By the way, including Atlanta. Atlanta kind of dropped out of it, and they only got back into it when Contreras signed with the Cardinals. They couldn't believe it, and they jumped back in. This feels like such a, you know, Murphy's almost the perfect guy. He's so good on defense, and it looks like he's breaking out, like he was a good offensive player who looks like he's finding his star on offense. That is such a sliding door moment in this offseason. Braves have the best record in the league. I mean, St. Louis must regret that. I mean, we saw Murphy in here with two three-run homers in a game he's batting cleanup for the best team in the National League beyond being a great defensive catcher. I think, I mean, he was a missed opportunity for a lot of teams, but good for Atlanta to capitalize. They already had a decent catcher in Darno, but they said they, they they understood how good Murphy is. They were the team that got it. St. Louis was the team that made the most sense, but Atlanta out, out, outmaneuvered them. Good for, good for the Braves. John, we, we, we also see this firsthand. Jose Trevino, uh, our guest, uh, won the Platinum Glove last year with the Yankees. 
like the Yankees run prevention abilities, and which starts with him as the spine of it, calling every pitch, framing so well, being a pitch whisperer, working so hard. This is the modern game. Like the one thing you're surely going to do every day is throw like between 140 and 200 pitches from a variety of different pitcher, pitchers who are doing it. It's like saying, I don't care about the center in, in football, like who's giving the ball to my quarterback all, all the time. Like you can't just throw away this job. And it just felt like this switch to let's go heavily offensive at this position when you already have. You mentioned it when why you weren't giving up on the Cardinals. You know, you got Arenado, you got Goldsmith, you got two big right-handed bats. It also felt like you probably needed a if if you're gonna spend big on a bat, go find a left-handed bat. I, I really I it feels like I'd like to have the recordings of that room to see like what why. Yeah, I don't get it. They made a big mistake. Obviously, the Cardinals do a great job drafting and developing. They've made some big mistakes. The Arena trade is not a good one. That Ozuna deal where they gave up Alcantara and Zach Allen were two of the best pitchers in baseball. That's one of the worst of the last 25 years or longer, probably. So they've made some odd choices. They they do draft and develop well. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Trevino. I think, to me, I wrote a column today about which team we should worry more about, the Mets or the Yankees. And I think Trevino is one of the separators there, the Mets still have an issue at catcher. I thought Norvaez was doing a nice job for the week that he was there. And right now, you know, they don't have a, you know, great starting veteran catcher playing, whereas Trevino with the Yankees, uh, you know, while he hasn't hitting as great as he did last year, uh, the defense is huge. I, I don't really get why the catchers are the lowest paid in baseball. Uh, they're eighth in ERA without Rodon, without Severino, and that's the reason that I am a little more worried about the Mets than the Yankees. Yankees eighth in ERA, the Mets are, you know, bottom half in ERA right now, starters ERA over five. It's uh, very worrisome, I think, for the Mets right now. Yeah, this morning I I, I, I broke something. Uh, the Mets signed Gary Sanchez to a minor league contract trying to deepen their catching pool and also deepen maybe their power thing. John, I think there's a lot of ways to look at why a team struggles. But one statistic, I, look, you know I'm a big NBA guy. And there's separators in NBA games like, you know, this Golden State Lakers series is being separated at the free throw line. If one team shoots a ton more free throws than the other, it's very hard to overcome or you win three point or you win rebound. The Mets are losing the home run battle. I look at this every year, like who's plus minus in home runs. One of the successes of Tampa Bay this year is they've hit the most and given up the fewest. With all the problems the Yankees have had, they're, they've hit 46 and given up 35. That's plus 11. The Mets are, have hit 36 and given up 52. It's minus 16. The one thing you know about a home run is it's at least one run. Like, you don't have to do anything else, and often it's more than one run. And aside from Pete Alonso, they're getting no power in the lineup. And it's hard for them to score runs. The pitching hasn't been great. John, I'm with you. There's a lot of, like, let, if I were saying scale of 1 to 10, your concern level on the Mets, it would be what? Hi, <laughs> I'm going to say seven right now. I mean, the Mets just, they haven't been great offensively. I mean, both teams have had a ton of injuries. Certainly, the Yankees have had pitching and hitting injuries. The Mets mostly confined to the pitching injuries, which explains partly why their pitching hasn't been so good. But what's the explanation for their offense being below average at this point? They were fourth last year in runs. They're in the bottom half this year on runs. 
the, the issues remain the same. They really don't have a true number five hitter. I do think Beatty is the one that makes the most sense. I think you brought that up earlier. Uh, I think moving him to five could do it. Uh, catcher, they've getting nothing out of it in terms of offense. I think Alvarez has been fine behind the plate. Nito obviously is fine behind the plate, but we'll see. Maybe Sanchez could do something. Narvaez, I talked to him a couple days ago, and he thinks he'll be back in a month. He hopes. Um, you know, they, they have some clear, obvious needs offensively. And, and from the pitching standpoint, I, I think it's worrisome. It's great that Verlander Hall of Fame bound is back. Great Scherzer is able to go out there, but he's obviously got a multitude of injuries. Someone with the Mets told me that he could be, from a physical standpoint, an issue all year. This side or near the shoulder issue that he's got going on is something that he is battling daily. So uh, there's a lot to worry about. Uh, you know, it's not our $377 million, but it's a lot of money to spend to not, if you're not a playoff team. I know it's early. We're, we haven't even played a quarter of the season yet. Plenty of time, but uh, I'm more worried about the Mets than the Yankees right now. Yeah, $377 million doesn't go as far as it used to. The two highest paid guys on the team, Verlander and Scherzer. And I, I get you, I'm hearing the same stuff about Scherzer's back. Uh, will, will he be able to endure the season? Will he need a couple more pit stops? I just think so much of the stuff with the Mets gets better if Scherzer and Verlander are suddenly guys throwing six, seven dominant innings over and over again because they're going to blow out their bullpen early, which, again, doesn't have Edwin Diaz. It forced everybody else to move up a role, uh, you know, and you just don't want to overuse. You know, Adovino and Robertson are in their upper 30s. Uh, guys, you just don't want to kind of keep leaning on them. Drew Smith's been an injury-prone guy. Like, those are your best three. There's some issues there. Let's flip it over to the Yankees, John. Uh, if I were asking you the same question, that skill, you would, by the way, you didn't answer the one to 10 question. I'll see if I can I hold you. Seven. Oh, seven. you said seven. I'm, I'm, yeah. I've got to pay better attention. Uh, scale of one to 10 on the Yankees, what, what's your concern level? I'm going to say a five. I mean, they're in last place, but I mean, it's a good last place. Uh, you know, I do think Severino will be back fairly soon. And even without him, as I said, they're in the upper third in terms of pitching, run prevention. Um, you know, Judge is coming back now. You know, Stanton will be back at some point. Uh, their offense obviously has been hurting. It's not been good. It's clearly well in the bottom third at this point, but it's a much different team when Judge is on it. You know, he's he feels like half the team. I know he's not, but it feels that way. And I think once he's back, uh, I feel pretty good about the Yankees comparatively. Yeah, you know what worries me about the Yankees is the second part of the sentence of Luis Severino is due back soon. The second part is when will he be injured again? Uh, you know, they, the, the, the reality is, and I, I had this conversation debate with their general manager, Brian Cashman, where he said, well, we have a lot of injuries to explain why they've essentially been a 500 team since the middle of last season. He said, we have a lot of injuries. And I said, well, you have a lot of injury prone players. It's not it's 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 a factor. It's not a defect. It is part of your team. You know, if you have John Carlos Stanton, there's going to be pit stops. If you sign Rodon, the history was he'd have injuries. Severino. So I'm just like, I don't think there's a magic moment where they all get healthy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. It seems I don't know. I think it's bad luck, but I don't know. I mean, just about everybody they seem to have acquired in the last year and a half has gotten hurt. Right. Donaldson, he had a hamstring right at the beginning of the season. We have not seen him. Uh, obviously, Stanton is out now. Efros is out. Loisaga is out. Canely, we have not seen him yet. Trevino has got the Tommy John. Rodon, that's a big one. We have not seen him pitch yet. Um, 
you know, it just feels like just about everybody they've acquired, not IKF, I can name a couple that have not, are not injured. Uh, Kiner Falefa is still healthy and playing every position. But Are you just I, trolling fans at this point? Trevino, no. <laughs> are you I, trolling fans by pointing no. out that IKF, Hicks has been healthy also. You want to point that out? No, I'm not going to point that out. Trevino has been healthy. There's a few guys who've been healthy. I'm not trolling anybody. I'm just trying to name the two or three guys that have acquired in trade who are healthy. I mean, obviously, they've got doctors who are checking through things and could be bad luck, but it, it is weird that everybody, and Monta, I almost forgot Montas, right? So, I mean, it's a long list. Yeah, you know, and and look, John, you mentioned it as part of, I believe, your first answer on the Yankees. Uh, it's a little bit like real estate, uh, location, location, location. Uh, I think if they were in any other division, I'd worry less. But I think you can play really well in this division. Right now, if the season ended today, of course it doesn't. If the season ended today, four AL East teams would make the playoffs. That's how good it is. The one that wouldn't is the Yankees at, at 19 and 17 as we speak. Now, I think some of this will even out over the long time. Uh, you know, the NL West was all over 500 at this time last year, including Colorado and Arizona. Stuff equals out. But I think that this is a really strong division. And at like some point, the Yankees are going to need the health and the hitting to put up like a 25 and 10 kind of run for a quarter of a season to get to the place of comfort. And I'm not sure their health is going to allow it. Yeah. Well, playing fewer games in the division, that might help because the competition is going to come from some of those other divisions, probably not the central. I think there'll be one team out of the central, but the West looks better, right? Texas has got quite a good run differential, not just in first place. Houston's not off to a great start, but we think they're a good team. I think the Angels are an improved team. Of course, we always like the Angels. We've been consistently wrong on this. I think I'm still sticking <laughs> with the Angels as a good team. So I think basically everybody but Oakland is a pretty good team in that West. So, you know, I think the Mets, in, in, in terms of the competition, are in a little bit better spot. I think both teams are unlucky to be in the division with the best team. Right now, the Braves and the Rays are the best team. So winning the division is going to be difficult. But National League, it feels to me like you have six playoff teams. The other five being the uh, Dodgers, the Padres, uh, the Phillies, the Braves, and whoever is lucky enough to win that central division are the five. So feels like the Mets have a spot there for a playoff spot, and that, that is an advantage over the Yankees. Because I, I, I could see Seattle making, I could see Texas, I could see the Angels, uh, and all the teams in the East are good. So I, I feel like there, we'll see, but I feel like there are six very good teams in the National League, and I feel like there are potentially eight or nine very good teams in the American League. You mentioned Texas a couple of times there. They're getting great catching from Jonah Heim, but they really did give the Yankees a gift. They traded him Jose Trevino, uh, who uh, won the Platinum Glove for them last year as part of that great run prevention. And if you stick with us, he's going to join us next on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Back on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman, and we're very happy to be joined by the catcher of the New York Yankees, Jose Trevino. Jose, thank you for joining us. Uh, usually uh, somebody would come on on a team that's over 500 well before Memorial Day, and we'd be talking about how great everything is going uh, for the team. The Yankees are held to a pretty high standard and in a terrific division this year. We're 19 and 17, as we're talking, has you in last place. Can you, with expert eyes, look at this from 20,000 feet? Where do you think your team is and how good do you think it could be this season? Um, You know, <clears throat> obviously the injuries have have kind of come up uh early this season uh but the good thing is about this team is we're very resilient man we're a close group and we we believe in each other and we we know that we're gonna have each other's backs um we know that we might not be going through the best of times right now but if we can just keep playing good baseball you know keep bringing the energy um we got a good enough team to where you know last place the record all that kind of stuff you get us into competition with somebody we're in we're, we're ready to go. So, I mean, obviously we're not happy with where we're at. Uh, we'd love to be in a better spot. Uh, but for where we're at to what we're the cards that we're dealt with, um, I think we're, I think we're doing all right. Yeah. Jose, I mean, this team was the best in baseball through 90 games last year. It's been basically 500 since then a little bit over. Uh, you think the injuries, does that explain it all? Do you, you guys feel that confident? I mean, right now you got the Rays look like the best team in baseball. I mean, can you, can you think about winning the division at this point? Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, the Rays have a, the Rays have a good team, but we got to remember, man, we were, we were in this, in the same boat last year. We were, we were in the same boat. Uh, we saw how baseball plays out. Uh, it's a long game. There's a reason why we play 162 games. There's a reason why the season is long uh, because anybody can get out to a hot start. Anybody can come out, you know, go through a winning streak. Anybody can get hot at the right time. You see it all the time in baseball, you know. Um, and I, I feel like, yeah, we do have a shot at winning the division. It's early. It's very early in the season. Um, and, as the injury part, man, that stuff happens. You know, we have an amazing training staff, an amazing uh, strength and conditioning staff, and, you know, injuries are going to happen. It's just how we deal with them and how we can get that next guy in line to kind of move forward. You know, John mentioned the Rays. You mentioned the Rays. Obviously, they're flying here. They're off to a close to historic start. They're leading the league in hitting. They're leading the league in pitching. You just played a couple of games against them. You have a, you have a, a set coming up against them uh, this weekend. Can you frame them for us? Why, why, why are are they this good and why? Yeah, no, they have a good team. They have a good team. You know, they put a lot of good at-bats together one after the other. Um, and obviously the bullpen, the way they use their bullpen, you know, getting different kind of arms in there. Starters are really good. Uh, it's just a well, it's, it's, it's a good team. It's a good team. Um, in the East, in the AL East, I mean, this is, it's crazy. You look up and down this, the standings and you're like, wait, what these teams are so good so um i love being in the east i love playing in the east and it just shows that the competition in the east is really good um and for the race to have a good start you know that that's uh that's good for them 
Garrett Cole, you seem to have a great rapport with with Garrett. And just to ask, wondering what is the difference last year as opposed to this year, and what is it about him that makes him such a great pitcher? To me, it seems like he really, beyond having the talent, seems like he outworks everybody. Yeah, you know, he does it. He does a really good job in between starts, um, perfecting his craft. I say perfecting because Garrett Garrett is one of those guys that if he wants to. If he wants to get better at something, he's going to put his mind to. He's going to get better at it. There's no doubt in it. Um, and you know the information that he gets, the information that he looks into, the 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 preparation work, uh, the physical work, the gym work, the 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 mound work that he does. He he does a really good job in between starts, and you can tell it's kind of starting to to feed off on some of the younger guys and some of the starters that we have and some of the arms that we have. But he's been phenomenal this year. Obviously, hope to to keep it going. Um, for me, what changed from last year, man, is just, you know, the way he's using all his pitches, he's using all of his pitches, you know, all over all types of zones. He's working on a few things right now. Um, but I, I, I think the way he's using his pitches, uh, all around the zone. Jose, you know, the Yankees are known as the Bronx Bombers, but the, the con- constant for the team the last few years uh, about why even in tough times, it's stayed afloat is run prevention. You guys have been really good at that. Obviously, you've been part of that. You're able to improve pitchers. I'm thinking of someone like Ian Hamilton, who's all of a sudden a top relief pitcher in the American League. Michael King's career really took off. Is there a commonality? Is there a reason why you guys are good at preventing runs? I think it's a uh, it's a pride thing. I think it's a pride thing, you know, especially when it comes down to the bullpen. When it comes down to the bullpen, those guys take a lot of pride in not cashing in other guys' runs. Uh, putting a stop to when guys are on base, you know, putting a stop to like, hey, no, I'm not giving up your runs. I got you. Um, and on the defensive side for us, you know, as an infield, as an outfield, you know, we care. We care about, you know, preventing runs. We care about making the plays. We care about making, you know, the easy plays. And we care about trying to make those hard plays. Like, we just want to make the play. We just want to get it out. And for us, it's just making the routine play. And then when that ball is hit to us or anything, we we we, we try our our best to make the play. Despite the injury to Severino and to Rodon, you guys are eighth in ERA. So you guys are doing a good job, you and the pitchers. You're in that clubhouse. I know you're not a doctor. You're not a trainer. There are rumors that Rodon isn't going to pitch for a long time. You know, I don't know that to be the case. I'm not hearing that. What do you What do you think about the timetable for Severino Rodon? What are you yeah. hearing about that? Yeah, I've got. I mean, I've got. Honestly, I've got no clue about it. I. Uh... I pay attention to the guys that are in the clubhouse with us right now. Obviously I check in with Severino and Rodon, ask them how they're doing, you know? Uh, but for me, that's, that's a little bit above my pay grade. I, I'm not a doctor either. So I got no clue. I just, uh, I just hope they're back uh, real soon, you know, cause uh, they're really big pieces for us. Uh, and obviously everybody knows when they get added to this pitching staff, how dangerous we, we really could be. Well, let's, let's dig down on that a little. We haven't seen Rodon this season. And obviously, Yankee fans are very familiar with Luis Severino. Uh, he seems the closer when he comes back. What did you see out of Rodon in spring training? And to, 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 to the, well, the way you're laughing, go ahead. Just take yeah. off from there. This go is, ahead. this, this, I think this is a special dude. I put, so I played with him in 2012 on Team USA um, when he was uh, at NC State. And I knew the competition level was like really high, but we had a, we had a live batting practice um, in one of the first couple days in spring. 
and this dude is a competitor. Uh, Yankee fans are going to fall in love with this guy. This dude just wants to compete. This dude just wants to win. He wants to get after you, and he wants to get off the mound, and then he wants to do it again. Uh, but we were in we were in, in, in the field at, at, at George Steinbrenner Field in Florida, and <clears throat> I was a part of the live at-bats, and we had a couple other guys in there, and he was throwing pitches, and guys were taking pitches. You know, and he comes out, and he's like, hey, are you all going to swing the bat today? And I'm like, dang. I, I didn't know if he was talking to me or if he was talking to other guys, but he came up to me. He's like, hey, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the other guys. He's like, I just want some, like, I want some action. Let's go. I want to see what, like, what guys are thinking, what guys are doing. But he's a fiery competitor. Uh, he loves to compete, which doesn't give me any doubt in my mind that, you know, he wants to get back on the mound as soon as possible. You know, when the Yankees acquired you, there wasn't a big headline. You know, nobody thought much of it. You made the all-star team. You won the platinum glove. How has this last year been for you? Uh, it's definitely been life-changing. Um it's also been very rewarding because, you know, there, this wasn't, I just didn't wake up and was an all-star. I just didn't wake up and, and, and was a platinum glove winner. Like I, I didn't just didn't do that. And, and I had to practice. I had to get better. I had to, had to work at it. And I think that's the, the best part of it is that finally came to fruitation in, you know, the biggest stage in baseball for my favorite team, you know, and, and there's nothing more that I could ask for, you know, and I, 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 I can hang my hat on being like, all right, man, I was an all-star for the New York Yankees. Um, and I'm very proud of that. I take a lot of pride in that. And just being able to wear the pinstripes, being able to play for the Yankees, you know, I also take a lot of pride in that. You know, Jose, you mentioned it. It's a lot of work. Uh, anybody who's in your clubhouse, fortunate like John and I, uh, on, on occasion, you're always walking around with a binder. Uh, you seem like a permanent. I wonder if you can give an idea because the game has kind of gotten more intellectual, more prep. Like, what are you doing to prepare for a game? Because as John mentioned, you're a platinum glove winner. Uh, you're not just good at this. You're spectacular at this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I'm going to try to give you some stuff without giving away too many things, but I can give you some things. <laughs> no, um, no one's listening. Just just tell us whatever you need to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, for me, um, I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at everything. Um, you know, my pitchers, um, I always try to try to gauge my pitchers of where they're at, how they're feeling, what do they like to do, um, where are they best at? Do they feel comfortable doing this? Do they feel comfortable doing that in certain certain areas of the zone, in certain pitches, certain pitch types? Um, and that's all my pitchers. And then I flip it over and I go to the hitters. Um, are they hot? What are they hitting? What are they not hitting? Uh, sequencing, um, pitch pairs, what works on certain guys. Um, for me... There's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, it's 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 a detailed process that I I I follow. You know that I've grown to to do, and I had a lot of help from guys like like Jeff Mathis, uh, a guy Brett Hayes. You know, a lot of catchers that have played this game and that were very defensive minded and like, hey, you know what? Like, we need to get the best out of our pitchers. So that's what I that's you see me carry around, carrying around a binder. It's because I'm either filling out the starter for that day, trying to get you know, our game plan ready, or I'm trying to figure out their hitters, or I'm trying to get our bullpen and see, okay, this guy's going to be good here. Okay, I need to be ready because if we bring this guy in, this is the guy that he's going to face is kind of his lane. So there's a lot of things that go into it, just depending on the day. 
Um, I could take like, like today, let's say today, you know, 10 AM right now, uh, after this, I'll start on my scouting report, uh, for today, for whoever's pitching today, the lineup that we have, um, takes, a takes about an hour, two hours to kind of go through some of the stuff. And then I start putting together a game plan. And as the day goes on, I'm, I'm able to finish that, whether it's at the field or here, uh, at my home. Since you're always studying the pitchers, I mean, the hitters, Excuse me. You're always studying the hitters. Uh, Aaron Judge is the best hitter in the league. At least I think so. Who are the next? Who would you say you've studied them all? Who are the next three you'd pick? Say the toughest to get out. Next three. Next three. Um, I think uh, I've got a lot of respect for a lot of hitters. And it would be hard to put three in that category because there's some good hitters. But what people don't think people don't understand now is like hitting is really, really hard now. Like the thing that pitchers are able to do with the baseball, the thing that pitchers are able to do with, with velocity and movement, like hitting is really, really hard right now. And I'll tell you, this is going to be no surprise. This is one of the guys, Luis Arias, very impressive, like super impressive what he's doing. Um, but there's, there's too many guys. There's a lot of dudes that are, that I think, and, and, People always get on my case. They're like, man, why do you think he's a good hitter? And I'm like, because of this, this, and this. Because of this, this, and this. Like, he can do this. He can do that. He competes. You know, he fights off good pitches. He gets something to hit, and he doesn't miss it. That kind of stuff. But I think three guys would be way too late. I think there's a lot of good hitters in this league. A lot of good hitters. Last I looked, Roz was still over 400. Pretty impressive. Uh, a week into to May, uh, Jose, you mentioned preparing for tonight. Uh, obviously, people will listen to this at all different times, but starting tonight is Clark Schmidt for the Yankees, and he seems like such an important guy for your team. There are peripheral numbers. His walk-strikeout stuff is top of the week, uh, but he's been hurt by lefty hitters. He's been hurt by the long ball. In the past, when it looked like that, it ended up being Chad Green. Uh, who they tried to do this with, had very similar, and ended up in the bullpen. Do you think Schmidt is a starter? And if so, why? I think I think Clark Schmidt is a very important role for us, um, whether that's a starter or a bullpen guy. It, it doesn't matter which one it is. He's going to be a very important role to us because we need him. And like you said, he's at the top of the league, walk to strikeouts. Like This is, this is the part that I love about this game is when people are like, oh, well, we got to figure out a way to get this guy out. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, we need to figure out a way to get this pitcher on board. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's let's dive in. Let's look at it. Let's look at the hitters that he's facing. Let's look at maybe there's a different type of pitch we need to to, to use. Maybe there's a different location where we need to go with a certain pitch. I, that's the kind of stuff that I love. So Clark Schmidt for me is is whether a starter or a reliever on this team, he's a very important role to us. You know, uh, Joel and I had Jacob Stallings on when we were on MLB Network, and I asked him about the new rules and the throwing out runners now. Uh, you've been historically very good at throwing out runners, but what do you think of these new rules? It seems like, you know, it's over 80% are successful, and you've got guys not like me, but guys who are pretty not that fast stealing bases now. How are you dealing with it, and what do you think of the new rules? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I love the new rules, including the pitch clock. You know, obviously it took some time to get used to, but the games, you know, the games are moving. And I think baseball players, for one, baseball players are best when they're not thinking too much. I think uh, I think that's a good thing. Second, you know, the base stealing, it's great. It's action for the game. 
We get more people involved. Um, catchers can throw more. Um, and guys are going to take, you know, like you said, guys are going to take more more chances on the bases, which is which is great. You know, and base running is a big thing in this game. Like, I don't know how many people really look into it, but, like, base running is a big thing. And like you said, guys like me and you, John, we're not so fast. But there's guy, there's guy, there's guys like us that are – that are running and stealing and, and, and going first to third and scoring from second to home or scoring from first to home, you know, base running is very important. So um, I, I think it's great for the game, you know, and, and, and to deal with it, I feel like we're like a month, we're, we're a month in month and a half, whatever it is in. Um, <clears throat> and we're starting to see some trends. We're starting to see some guys, what they like to do in certain situations. So just like everything else, it's going to take time to play out. And once you figure out, you know, we'll see where it goes. I love you've showed us how thoughtful and educated you are. And yet you say the players are best when you don't think too much. I, I love that combination because here you are talking about how much you're studying at 10 a.m. for a game that's nine hours away. Um, a player on your team, the guy who probably made the most noise in spring training was Anthony Volpe. And he's had kind of a little interesting up and down uh, first five, six weeks of the season. Seems like there's another adjustment's been made to him. He's been striking out a lot. What's your overall perception about him and what can be expected of him this season? The kid is going to be, he, he's special. He's not going to be, he is special. Um, just like anybody knows in this league, you know, I haven't, I, I always say I haven't had that much time in the league, but, but, but going throughout, going through the ups and downs, seeing how guys handle it. Like this kid hasn't changed one bit, man. He's, he's everything uh, people talk about, you know, before this year, I'd never met him. But when people would talk about him, they're like, man, this kid is great. You know, high character kid. He loves to play the game and he takes a lot of pride in, you know, his defense, his craft. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I can't wait to see. And sure enough, he blew me out, blew me away spring training. Like, it was like, it was very impressive. And, you know, as a, as a first year guy, you know, there's this, the game of adjustments and everybody knows that this is a game of adjustments and you're going to have to make adjustments and you can see him making the adjustments as he's going. Um, talk about striking out. He, 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 you know, he was hitting some homers. He was getting on. He was walking. You know, this is a part of the game. This is a part of the game. He's he's not a robot. You know what I mean? So he's gonna have to adjust to this. Um, and I feel like this happens with everybody. You know, they see they haven't seen a pitcher for they haven't they've never seen a pitcher. They never seen a pitcher like that. They never faced that guy. But the next time they face him, okay, we got him. You know, and I think that's something that when young guys come up. It's something that they don't realize, like, hey, dude, you've never seen this guy before. Like, it's okay. You're going to see him again. And when you see him again, you get him. You know what I mean? Just having the visual of seeing somebody that you haven't seen on the mound throw the ball, that helps a lot, you know, with future at-bats. You know, we've asked you all about baseball, but I want to ask you about New York. You're you're a Texan, although I really don't detect an, detect an accent. You're from Corpus Christi. I think you live in near San Antonio. You were a Texas Ranger, but you're happy being a Yankee. I know that you're very serious and studying all the time and want to do your best. Do you find time to do other stuff in New York? Do you like New York? Do you get out? I don't know if you want to say exactly where you live, but uh, give us an idea of uh, how you're enjoying the city. No, 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 no. I love, I love the city. I love the city just as much as I study and stuff. You know, I, I understand that <clears throat> my mind needs a break from that kind of stuff, which is, you know, I, I value what I do. My job for the Yankees. I love playing. I love being in New York. I love the people in New York. I love going down to the market, seeing people and like people freaking out and being like, wait, 
are you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? How's it going? And they're like, they're like, man, I thought, I thought you were somebody else. And I'm like, nope, like, this is, this is me. This is what you get. And, and I, I always, I always get like, oh man, you look like a regular New York guy. And I'm like, it's perfect. I'm like, it's perfect. Yeah, you're right. I do. I do. I blend right in, but no, I, I love the city. Um, <clears throat> I love that when I go home for the off season in Texas, it's just, I can be, you know, I take it at my own pace and then I love when I come here and everybody's just kind of like, it seems like on, on, on TV when people are just like flying by and, and you're walking real slow and people are just flying right by you and everybody's in their own world, you know, and you can go as fast as you want here. And in Texas, you can go as slow as you want. So I get the best of both worlds. You know, when John and I are spotted out on the street, Jose, people aren't <laughs> waving with their hands there. We're usually dodging overhand rights. Uh, but uh yeah, I think we got New York surrounded in general. I think you're upper west, John's upper east, I'm lower west. We're surrounding Manhattan today. And uh, if I was going to wrap it up, I'd ask also a bigger picture question, because the big baseball story in the news today is about Wilson Contreras after five weeks. He's not catching anymore. Uh, might not again. You're part of the fraternity of catching. Um what do you think from a distance as you're watching somebody from the fraternity essentially lose his job five weeks in a way it seems like scapegoated five weeks into a season? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a tough question. You know, Wilson, he works very hard, man. He's one of the, one of the respected ones in this game that puts on the gear for sure. Um, and like I said, in the, in the beginning, man, like we don't, I, for me, if you're not in our clubhouse and you're not wearing pinstripes, not really too worried about you, but to see it everywhere, you know, um, <clears throat> I hope everything gets worked out. I'm not sure. I don't know the details on it. I don't know anything. I'm not diving into it or anything like that. But, you know, for for me, he's one of the well-respected catchers in this league. Uh, I, I I thought he's, he's done a good job, you know. Um, but obviously there's something going on. Maybe he needs to, you know, I, I, I heard there was like a meeting or something with some of the pitchers, you know, stuff like that. That kind of stuff happens all the time. That kind of stuff happens all the time. And I believe he'll get back on it. You know, he's uh, he obviously he got a great free agent deal. And I think he's going to be he's going to be great for them. Well, Jose, you've obviously been great for the Yankees, as we mentioned, Platinum Award, All Star. And you've shown your personality here, studious, fun and learning to be a true New Yorker. Jose Trevino, thanks so much for joining us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Well, Jose Trevino was great. No surprise, John. We deal with him in a clubhouse all the time. He's a hit all the time when we're dealing with them, but we're going to play hit or error. What do, you, what do you got? Yeah, he doesn't make many errors, but I, I've got an error here. We touched on this earlier. I just don't get what the Cardinals are doing right now. I get that they won a couple in a row, but uh, they really do look disorganized, and you wonder how long it's going to go on because uh, – you know, they do not expect to ever lose. I think they've had like one losing season in the last two decades. And uh, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. But uh, it's been a mess to this point. You know, I'm going to say that something took a hit. And I wonder if it ends up being an error, which is the hit is the Astro rotation. Uh, Justin Verlander signing with the Mets. Uh, uh, Lance McCullers Jr. hasn't pitched this year. Jose Urquidy has been injured. And now they find out that Luis Garcia an important pitcher for them is out for the rest of the year. He'll need Tommy John surgery. Hunter Brown has stepped in and done well. But as we're speaking, we're talking about some of the teams that are struggling early uh, again. And you mentioned the, that maybe more than one team will come out of the AL West. 
but maybe the Astros aren't as good in the AL West. I, the, as we're talking, I believe they're one game under 500. I assume they'll get Altuve back and Brantley back. Bregman will get right. He's having a lot of trouble at the plate, and they'll be an offensive force again. But I do wonder about the length of that rotation. Yeah, I mean, they have a great nucleus, but they got their hands full in that division. Seattle's a good team. Texas, I think, is better than we thought. And, of course, we do like the Angels. So uh, <laughs> not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for Houston. It was about this time last year where we really liked the Angels. I wonder if I could go back and erase all those tapes, John. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not going to do it again. But if you listen to us then, hopefully you're still listening to us now. You'll keep listening to us. Uh, the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. It's a podcast by the New York Post. Thanks, as always, our producers, uh, Jake Brown and Andrew Hartz. They navigate us through this each week. Don't forget, this drops on the Yes app uh, about noon on Wednesday each week. Don't forget uh, to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please give us a five-star rating. And, John, we're going to keep seeing what happens with the Mets and Yankees as they get through this season. And if you stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman, you'll take the trip with us. Thank you for joining us. 